The museum that we will now tour is the only museum in the world dedicated to sexual slavery and serves as the cornerstone of research on Japanese military sexual slavery during World War II. Recently, I traveled with a group of undergraduate and graduate students from Seoul to Gyeonggi-do, Gwangju to visit a countryside museum known in English as the House of Sharing. While there, my group watched an introductory video and were also taught about the history of the museum and its purpose by some of its Korean staff members. My name is Ho Chol Jeong. I'm in charge of the outreach teams of House of Sharing. Uh, House of Sharing is welfare organization to take care of the victims of Japanese military during World War II. So now, 10 grandmothers of the big, uh, victims of Japanese military, grandmothers, stay here. That is our main duty. Each woman has her own room, and there are common spaces such as the living room and dining room, where the residents and public may congregate. It was as a result of the Nanjing Massacre in 1937 that the large-scale trafficking of women into comfort stations began. The Japanese military government thus decided that in order to better control its soldiers and in order to stop the spread of disease and unwanted pregnancy, that it would set up a system of brothels where the Japanese soldiers could be serviced. Although there were women who were taken off the street forcibly or taken from their homes forcibly, most of the women were deceived into believing that they were actually taking a job in exchange for a certain amount of money that would be sent back to the families. However, the women never ended up in those jobs. They ended up in brothels. Japanese women, Filipino women, Dutch women, women from any country where the Japanese were stationed were used in the system of sexual slavery. However, it is true that the vast majority of the more than 200,000 women taken into the system of Japanese military sexual slavery were Korean. During our trip, my group was also able to meet with a victim of Japanese military sexual slavery. Her name is Yi Oksun. She was 89 years old this year when she was 15 years old. She was taken to the China, Yanjin. She was forced to work as a sexual slavery from 1942 to 1945. Uh, after finishing the World War II, she was left in China territory, so she had to live in China for a long time until 2000. At the end of the 1990s, we found her as a victim of sexual slavery in China, so we invited her in 2000. From that time, she uh, has lived here. Every day they went through a lot of suffering. They were hit constantly uh, by rifles. They were not fed properly. They didn't even have proper clothing. Uh, they were cold. They were repeatedly abused. And that was their everyday life. We classified people in three different grades. So the first grade was the Japanese, the second one was actually the Koreans, the Joseon, and the third were the Chinese. And these classifications were done in order to distinguish how much food or how much supplies would be given to them. Even though the Koreans were second and the Chinese were third, the food or simply that was given to them was barely edible. The first grade, uh, what do you say, the first classified Japanese, they received meats, they received rice all the time. Koreans were barely given rice. She could not eat, as she could only see the Japanese eat more 
where the Chinese were only provided with uh, limited amounts of corn that was not even processed or not even matured yet. So she, when, whenever she tried to eat that, she could, she could barely uh, see that it was edible. She was not paid at all, and all she dreamed of was seeing simply a paycheck that she saw the Japanese soldiers receiving for their hourly pay, their hourly salary. However, uh, she, when she thinks of basically how her days went, there's only 24 hours in a day, but she had to service or she had to deal with at least 30, 40, 50 Japanese men in one day. So for her, the war is completely not over. And the fact that they're stating that they went voluntarily to work, to get paid. She, she came back with no money, with nothing at all. Just only death, basically, of all the people that were sent and taken away. So for her, this war is not ended for her because they they're failing. They're not addressing the problem. So right now, people are uh, putting them under one denomination, saying they have a common history. They're just labeling them as comfortable. But then to her, this, this nomination is very confusing because we call there's comfort women, there's survivors, but they all have a different history. They all have a different background. They all uh, were stationed in different places. They, she wasn't even, uh, there many people even during Vietnam as war as well. But then to simply label them under one denomination it would not be doing justice. There's a woman president, there's women who are kings at the very high end of the government. But then the Japanese government are now stating that everything that these comfortable women are saying are lies, right? So she's pleading to say that these, this is, she's speaking the truth and for us to become honorable citizens of the world. I spoke with a few of the students on the trip to find out why they participated and what they learned from the experience. I don't know much about this topic. I had some previous knowledge, but very few. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to learn more. And also, um, these old women are very old. So it was like, if I don't go now, maybe it, uh, I would miss uh, the opportunity. Meaningful thing for me. And uh, there's like a chance for me to, to direct meet this old uh, grandmothers and to talk with them and maybe I can also get some new knowledge or information I never known before. Right after the video and this woman explaining her experience, you feel like, oh, I want to punch somebody because you feel, oh, that's so bad. And probably I want to try to do some research because I, I'm, I now feel that, that I would like to go a little bit further. After this experience, I know I really got new knowledge and really think that the the one thing the Japan government they need to do is to apologize. If there's no apology, so this can really um, affect the relations between Korea and Japan. For KoreaFM.net, I'm Chance Dorland.